Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a fright. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King R. Andy G. Welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week from 1993, Man's Best Friend, directed by John Lafayette. So we're going to see how it goes later on with the early 90s technology and questionable dog things that go on during that movie. But first, I'm joined mm-hmm. by the bold and the beautiful, the Gold Geek Keith. Woof, 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 woof. Who's a good ghoul? Who's a good ghoul? You are. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Oh, what are we treating? I, I bark and my dog goes crazy. He's running after his own asshole right now. <laughs> That's right. What happens? Just got to start it up. This one's for the dogs. They're cats. Indeed. You know, <laughs> so, so welcome back to the show. And uh, returning from his uh, two weeks off, uh, it's going to be the psychotic Simeon, the Prince of Amor's Day, the man monkey, get funky with the monkey. Welcome back. Yes, King, we are getting about as funky as some rat poison beef cartel that has been left out on a hot summer day. But you know what time it is, ghouls and gals. It's time to slip on those headphones and prepare yourself for your favorite hall podcast in all of the land. So let the monarch DJs of Talking Terror whisk you away on a magic carpet ride to the land of horror news, nerdgasms, and movie reviews. So make sure you listen to us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast. Oh, and make sure to stalk our sexy asses on Facebook and Instagram. And happy St. Patrick's Day Eve, baby! What's up, Fry family? <laughs> That's for a week away, okay? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Insane in the brain. Insane the brain. We love it. We love that you're back. Uh, the Dean is not wet yet with us. I'm sure he, he's doing something and getting ready for the show. So, uh, Monkey, did you watch the Obi-Wan trailer? I did, but before that, one of the things I did do while I was on vacation, one of the few things that actually fucking worked out on this uh, vacation, was I finally got to see Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> so... You know, now Good. the ghoul can actually talk to me about it. <laughs> he got that shit. I, I was happy about it. I thought it was a good end cap. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, I'm, get, I'm getting a clap from the ghoul. <laughs> um, he did it, I thought it was. I thought it was a good uh, end cap to the tr- trilogy. Uh, and, you know, things happened. Things went down. Like, you know, like I, I was really, really that close to tearing up. I really was with Aunt May. Um, and the, the thing about this trilogy is I heard that they're going to sit there and go into another trilogy now. But, you know, this last film was pretty much saying the training wheels are off. You know, no more Tony Stark tech, no, no more friends or family of any kind. And, you know, the training wheels are off and you're an adult now and it's time for you to be Spider-Man. 
Yeah. So, all right. Cool. <laughs> I mean, four months. Okay, we about? got four months. You know, however many months it's been since the the, the movie's released. So, so yes, you know what? Uh, spoilers are plenty. I know everybody. It's it's now available digital. I actually got it yesterday. Watched it yesterday. Uh, you know, it's 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 still held up oh so well, if not even being more effective the second time around, simply for the fact that the things that shocked me into like uh, uh, a state of numbness the first time around, Aunt May in particular, uh, hit yeah, a dude. lot harder this time seeing it. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it uh, the first time I saw it, and, and yeah, the fact of the matter is, is this is indeed Peter Parker's graduation. He is now really Spider-Man. You know, what we've seen in the, the previous films, yeah, he, he was doing Spider-Man things, but now we have seen him take that 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 step that is present in every single version of Spider-Man that we've seen. He's had the loss, and, you know, not Tony Stark, which was a loss to the world. This is that close personal loss. You know, we never had an Uncle Ben for this Spider-Man, and now we know why. You know, ultimately, they made it Aunt May. So, so we, got the, we got the line, with great power comes great responsibility. You know, and we got a, a major loss of, a, of a, an important character to him that will now form him into being Spider-Man. Um, and then, yes, obviously the worst kept secret in fucking Hollywood, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, both in No Way Home, a fantastically good time. Garfield needs his third fucking movie. Please, Sony, give it to him because, man, he is so fucking fun to watch. I was afraid that watching it now, I was going to be like, oh, you know what? It was just all nostalgia. It was all this. It was all that. Nah, he's a lot of fun to watch in that movie. You know, between his I love you and his little hugs and his back cracking. You know, I even watched some of the, uh, they, they had like gag reel and stuff like that that came with the digital, and, and he's, he's so funny. He so, he's so encapsulates the comical side of Peter Parker uh, as far as, you know, when he's Spider-Man. So uh, I want to see another freaking movie with him. Let him finish off his trilogy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and we're going to see where the next one goes. Yeah, and I, I enjoyed the three Spider-Mans in there. Um, Kobe... McGuire, I, I thought, actually did a great job this time, uh, you know, stepping away from the, his previous acting and relaxing a bit, if you will, and just having a good time on set. And it, it seemed to show of just, just him just trying to relax, have a good time, get those one-liners in there. And I also like that they didn't try to de-age him with computers or anything like that. They let him come in as, you know, the middle-aged um, Spider-Man, and I, I dug that. Uh, absolutely, and again, he did play it very well. You know, he uh, he played it with a with a sadness, but with a hope, because you see, for that Peter, things still worked out. You know, Andrew Garfield's, you know, Peter and Spider-Man. You saw that he still had like a bit of anger and sadness because he wasn't able. To, to to make that save and it took him down a dark path you know and and then we have you know Tom Holland so 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 the two of them working together to to just essentially save his soul was fucking yeah. incredible so yeah both both of them did a great job you know so so yeah i just don't want to see any more of Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man you know Garfield <clears throat> I, I do 
Yeah, yeah, agreed with that too, man. You know, yeah, yeah, let, let Tom McGuire retire. You know, you came back. It was cool. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> um, but also it's just all the one-liners that were in this movie just made it so much fun. All, you know, all the nods that were in there all over the place, you know, and, and Ned fucking casting, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> with the fucking ring and shit. I was like, oh, Fuck. <laughs> That's fun. All foreshadowing, man. All foreshadowing. You know, we may, uh, you know, Ned may ultimately turn into into his villain now, you know, and that's going to be heartbreaking. In its oh. Um, yeah, there's, oh, uh, especially, especially since Ned dropped that line that, you know, I'm your best friend. I'm never going to turn on you. No. Exactly. So, exactly. So, so you know what? Story arc wise, you know, it makes perfect sense for them to go that way. And you know, ultimately, if it does follow, you know, not talking any specific Spider-Man comics or anything like that, but just thinking good storytelling and what we've seen from Spider-Man past. You know, Ned's going to do whatever he's going to do because he's going to believe that it's the right thing to do to go against Spider-Man. But ultimately, I don't think we're I think we're going to get him dying and at the last minute realizing that, you know, knowing and remembering who Peter was. And that's going to be fucking heartbreaking, just like Harry in Spider-Man 3. You know, when he comes yeah. to he realizes that, like, you know what, I'm friends with Peter. I love this fucking kid. I got to, you know, like he when my dad was a nut. And then what happens? Harry dies. You know, because that, that's Peter's <laughs> life, unfortunately. It's tragedy. It's a lot of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, you know, that's how we always counter it, counters it, is with all of the wisecracking that he does while being in, in fights and battles and stuff like that. That's what he does. But, you know, rounding out the trilogy, thought it was cool, thought, you know, thought it, it was well done. Um... You know, so here's to seeing what the next trilogy is going to be like. Uh, absolutely. Indeed. And welcome to the show, Dean. He was there a minute ago. Now he is not. I'm here. And then he was gone. I hope there he is. Oh, <laughs> here. Oh, sorry. I, I, I might have been falling asleep during that very exciting conversation. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> Hey, you brought it up. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> I didn't bring him Spider-Man. Okay. I just said, hey, what do you guys think about Obi-Wan? Because <laughs> oh, I was yeah, waiting for right. Dean to get here. But we could totally talk about Obi-Wan as well. <laughs> I mean, if you, if, well, you, you, if you still feel the need, far be it for me to stop you. Well, did you, you see the trailer, Dean? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know I didn't. Well, we'll, out. Crickets. Well, no. we'll keep it. What, 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 we'll what keep did you say, Lee? Did, did you see the trailer for Obi Wan? I did not. Uh, okay. Uh, I did just not. Again, I have not super seen excited. the trailer for Obi Wan. <laughs> super excited about nope. this just because, again, they're constantly expanding the Star Wars universe more and more here. And going a different path of you know uh, storylines that have existed in other other platforms other than official movies, bringing in characters from other places, and uh, again, like I- I'm just hoping they you know write this tight and you know stepping back into Jedi territory away from the westerns that um, <clears throat> the Mandalorian and Boba Fett have gone, you know, back to traditional Star Wars territory, 
But, you know, let's see where it goes because I see a lot of fucking lightsaber action going on. And I'm always a sucker for a good lightsaber battle. Fuck you, King, before you even say it. <laughs> but I... <laughs> I was just going to say, I mean, I, I know you you want them to step away from from the Western-style Mandalorian, but at its heart, that's what Star Wars was, was a Western in space. So I hope they don't step too far oh, yeah, away dude. from that. Uh, I, I thought that the, the trailer looked interesting. You know, I, I love you and McGregor. So, so seeing him come back as Obi-Wan and, you know, again, I'm hoping to see, obviously, more of what we saw in Episode 3 as far as Obi-Wan goes, as opposed to seeing what we saw in episodes one and two, which were pretty much you and McGregor just acting terribly. Um, I thought he was great <laughs> in, the third, in the third movie. So, so yeah, I mean, it looks like a lot of fun. And, yeah, it looks like we're going to get our star, you know, our, our, our star saber, really, our, our lightsaber action and our, our Star Wars fun. But, again, I hope that it does still stay true to the universe with which it is set. That's all I really have to say about it because it's a short trailer. Agreed. And, and I'm just waiting yeah, for it. Super short. Okay. All right. So then, have uh, what are we talking about? We can't wait to, to to for all of this to arrive so we can hear everyone's thoughts. Uh, you know, very soon. So, uh, first thing I want to talk about is, you know, right here on this program recently we talked about. Uh, the recent Scream film, the fifth Scream film, uh, aptly titled Scream. Uh, but what I'm here to talk about is Scream 4, which I readily admitted having not uh, having um, not seen, but I learned since our last episode that for Scream 4, Kristen Stewart, uh, who at the time was at like the height of her Twilight popularity, was asked to star in the film's opening sequence, uh, she, uh, she ultimately turned down the role. Uh, she declined the role. She said that uh, there was just uh, no way she felt she can like follow in that uh, in that kind of path, same as uh, Drew Barrymore. Uh, the creators, with that being their original idea, thought that with the popularity that Kristen Stewart was facing at the time, that to have her uh, suffer a shocking death at the start of the film uh, would have been just as impactful as when Drew Barrymore met her demise in the original. So, uh, you know, this, I don't know if this has been news for a long time, but uh, to me, this is something that has just uh, come to light this week. <coughs> yeah, I think it would have been an interesting, you know, person to have open it being that she was at her height, but at the same time too, you know, it's not like when Drew Barrymore did Scream in 1996 that she was at the height of her career. I mean, it was kind of actually the opposite. She had been doing, like, B-rate made-for-cable movies and stuff like that at that point. Scream kind of, yeah. like, like fucking got her shit going again, you know? So, yeah, so gave her a boost for sure. the, the absolute right thing there, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, Drew, at that time, yes, you're absolutely right, Ghoul, and it certainly gave her a boost, but I don't think anyone uh, walking into Scream and, uh, you know, seeing Drew Bowmore in the opening sequence think, thought that that was, that she was going to meet that, uh, that fate that she met so quickly in that film. No, absolutely. Actually, no, you know what? I knew right off the start that she was going to die because it was like such a huge thing. Even before the movie came out, it was already known too. So, I mean, that kind uh, of, I don't remember if I, of... uh, 
it was yeah, I, I remember it like specifically being like all over the place, like, oh, you know, yep. Drew Barrymore is like the, the opening death in the movie, you know, and really it was about going there to see. You know, at no point did, did I think she was the, the lead character in the film. And unfortunately for like Kristen Stewart, being that the screen movies already have a reputation, you know, if she's not going to be the lead character in the film and you put her in the opening segment, then you're literally just putting, you know, the, the one of the hottest actresses around at the time in the opening se- segment just to die just because she's hot. And that's, I don't know, that doesn't, that doesn't feel like a screen movie to me. Like, I feel like they're smarter oh. than that and use better homages than that. Oh, well, not in part four. Part four had three different cold opens. So, yeah, part yep. four was just kind of over the place. Like, this didn't know where to, to stop it. But, yeah, I just imagine Kristen Stewart just fucking acting. Uh, just, I don't, uh, uh, I don't. Oh, God, uh, yeah, uh, I know, right? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Bite my lip. Yeah. He has so three say. facial expressions. <laughs> <laughs> I love them all. I just, yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't. I, what what door are you behind? I, I, oh God. Oh, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Tell me your name. Ghostface. Oh, I would have loved to. Hear okay. Here's, here's one thing. Here's one thing I will say. You know, I, I haven't seen this Diana biopic. I heard that she's great in it. But, you know, mm-hmm. she was really good in American Ultra. So if you have not seen American Ultra, I highly recommend checking it out. So oh, that's American with uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Yeah, yes, 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 indeed. It's a, it's a fun what little movie, and, and she's having yeah. a good time with it. Um, and she was good in the new Charlie's Angels, too. I thought she uh, she had some decent some comedy going there. Mm. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one, but. At least she got better, but all right. So if she didn't make it in the stream, somebody else did. All right, what's next, Dean? <laughs> we have talked on the show about how Rob Zombie is crafting uh, his new take on the Munsters. Uh, yeah, uh, Zombie this week, he had <laughs> happened to have shared uh, some set construction uh, images on his Instagram uh, that uh, you know the Munsters has been filming in Budapest. Uh, but uh, a piece of casting that I was not aware of that I just learned of is that uh, Elvira, the mistress of the dark, uh, Cassandra Peterson, uh, has signed on uh, for a role in Rob Zombie's Monsters. She is going to be playing uh, Barbara Carr, the number one real estate agent in Mockingbird Heights. Uh, so oh. Elvira or Cassandra Peterson dropping the Elvira persona to take part in this Monsters, uh, Rob Zombie Monsters project. Very mm-hmm. cool. And, yeah, uh, I mean, anything. Uh, yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm for it. <laughs> I mean, hey, why not? I mean, I, I, I don't know if you brought this up last week. I can't remember, uh, Dean, but that sex could be rated PG. Um, yes, wow. oh, that's right, right here on my list, I'm, too. That also, yes. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested now. That in, trying to see him do a PG wow. movie. But, yes, Rob Zombie's Monsters will be. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, the note that I saw with that was interesting in that this film is uh, has not been, like, complete or submitted for approval. Uh, but has right. already been given PG rating. So I guess, I mean, he knows what he's making, so I guess he can, you know, fairly state, or whoever makes that decision knows what they have. So, uh, you know, but yes, uh, a PG uh, Monsters. Why should it be so, to so chopped up? Why should it be just so chopped up and shit like that and re-edited because he doesn't know how to fucking shoot a PG movie that it's not going to make any fucking sense? That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> It could be, but we'll see. 
He hasn't submitted the cut yet, and they already gave it a PG uh, rating. So obviously the studio knows the type of movie he's making. So he could very well be making a kid-friendly movie. I'd be all for that. Let's see him take it out of the trailer park. It's still going to be the trailer park. Who knows? We'll find out. <laughs> well, we're talking about a real estate agent, so maybe there's going to be, you know, the kind of thing where somehow just like <clears throat> like they did with the Adams Family animated film where the house was there and then they built up all all the suburbs around the house over the years or some shit like that. Could be it. Could be. I mean, I, hey, listen, I'm looking forward to it, you know, seeing what they do. So see what happens when the movie gets released. But all right, see what's next. Uh, I will tell you what's next uh, because Good. everyone is all excited for things involving comic books. And we know that uh, there's the upcoming uh, – project that Doctor Strange uh, something multiverse or something or other coming up on uh, May 6th. Right. Yeah, that's the title. Something something multiverse. <laughs> that's in the, in the mouth of the multiverse, whatever, whatever it's called. Uh, but uh, from uh, director Sam Raimi. And while talking about his upcoming Doctor Strange film, he has said that he is still interested in directing uh, more Batman, uh, the Shadow slash Darkman, and Spider-Man movies, uh, if just given the opportunity. Uh, so Sam Raimi, Sam Raimi wants to continue to operate within the realm of all of these different superheroes. Well, he didn't do any Batman movies. I was going to say, he That'd hasn't done any Batman movies. <laughs> no, saying that he wants to. Excuse me, let me rephrase the Batman one, that he would like to do a Batman movie and would like to do more Darkman and Spider-Man. Something, something that right. I Sam Raimi. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we can nix the Dark Man project, but um, I, I, I would just like seeing. Uh, I would like to see a Sam Raimi spin on <laughs> Batman. I think that'd be pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, we'll be like Dark Man. It you depends on what version of of Batman you're going to be getting with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Is he is he going to go Batman Dick style? Cause, that seems to be more of Raimi's style than than any of the the darker style versions of the character. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing a return to the '60s, seeing what he could do there, or even moving it up to like '78 or something like that, make it funky. Because they did release Ooh. that comic book a couple years ago, Batman '78, mm-hmm. which was fucking great. Him and his Dodge Charger. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Sam Raimi Batman movie. I mean, I think it'd be a lot of fun, but we'll see what happens with that. But all right, Dean, what's next? We will see what happens. Uh, for those of you that are uh, interested in fashion and footwear, you can head like over me. to yeah. the... Yes, uh, so King, pay very close attention. Uh, you can head over to the fun.com website where there's not one, but two hmm. versions of... Uh, high top Chuck uh, Taylor style uh, sneakers with different uh, Michael Myers designs on them. Uh, you know, mm. one has like a shadowy Michael Myers down on like the side of the foot and the heel, and then the other one has little Michael Myers and knives all over the the, the shoe. Uh, this is uh, your kind of thing. I was quite surprised to see uh, the low price for each of these pairs at only thirty nine ninety nine. Uh, I feel what? like when this stuff comes out, it's usually quite expensive. Uh, but these yes, shoes are available for sale at fun.com for thirty nine ninety nine. 
No, they're definitely well, not going to have my size, so I'm out. Except they only have 10 pairs available, and, you know, they'll, they'll sell out within seconds, and then you'll find them on the fucking aftermarket for, you know, $5,000. There you go. <laughs> yep. No, uh, you know, that is one of those things that um, I think that you are incorrect about. I don't know if it's, uh, you know, that it's just not known, but, like, I'm right here on the website right now, and they have the whole range of mm-hmm. sizes available for sale at $39.99 right this very minute. Wow, fantastic! Thank you had them right to the cart and purchase. Uh, wow, so, you purchase like, them. Yes, prove it. Prove it uh, by because, buying them and send them. Well, I, <laughs> then put, I mean, to, to I, putting it on the Instagram. I can only yeah, speak for myself. Uh, I don't buy. I don't buy footwear sight unseen off the internet. Uh, I'm very peculiar about the way shoes feel on my feet, and I must try on my shoes before I purchase. So I will not be purchasing these shoes, but they are available That's gross. in men's sizes. That means you stick sizes. your nasty feet. You stick your nasty feet in shoes and then expect other people to do it the same? Gross. Uh, he's yeah. particular, okay? okay. Uh, he's right, just like pretty much every <laughs> fucking person, he's every other person walking the world. He's not particular. Uh, but anyway, these so are available in men's, we, men's sizes 5 through 13 huge? available right now. 5 through 13. King, what are you, like a 23? Uh, I'm a 14 wide, so I'm out. Okay. Well, this is the one pair. Let's see if they have a different size range. In the there you go, ladies. Four, 14 wide in Chuck Taylor. Just remember that, ladies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Conference. <laughs> That's fun. Let's, we had uh, say about guys with big shoes, big feet. Oh, yeah. We had the uh, the little monster watching. Uh, you know, we we had an inappropriate day, so we watched Road Trip, oh Euro Trip, nice, and then Freddie got yep. fingers. You know, now that's We figured she'd uh, she, she'd handle those very well, and uh, we were not disappointed. She was fucking dying. It was hysterical to watch. Road yeah. Trip and Euro get some sausages, films, man. <laughs> yeah, it's a good knockout. It's a good, yeah, good combo. Good back to back. Scotty still doesn't know. Nope. Oh, he <laughs> de- definitely doesn't. This isn't where I park my car. Uh, I'm sure. I, I would be. Worst I would be pretty surprised ever. if this if this hasn't come up on our on our program before. But uh, in in Euro Trip in uh, the beginning when Fiona. Leaves Scotty Fiona! and breaks up with him. And, yeah, and Scotty goes Fiona. Well, uh, she, she's not my student, but we've had a like a third grader in our school named Fiona. And whenever I see her, I go Fiona. And, you know, it's just like oh god, like, she looks at me like I'm a fucking maniac. Like no one has any idea what the um, fuck I'm talking about. Oh there. shit, you're gonna give her a complex. <laughs> I just go. Oh, it's from a movie. It's just- <laughs> Don't watch it. Don't watch it till you're older. But you'll get it. You'll get it one day. Don't watch it until I've retired from teaching. <laughs> yeah. Until I've disappeared in obscurity. Don't watch it. Don't let your parent. Don't let your parents know I say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, that was she's not at our school last year. This uh, this year it was she was a student uh, like previously. But, uh, oh, she uh, got taken out because of that. Pretty funny. Well, that's just because Joe's the owner. We're taking her out of school. She's going to get her school. Scotty not fucking knowing or some shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
He kept shouting at him. Said I'm in the back of the van every Sunday. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Your song is built on lies. You didn't even have a van. Shut sure, up, man. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm having All right, James, so credit. <laughs> moving on. What do we got, Dan? What are you talking about? Uh, there is going to be for Disney Plus a Marvel slash Halloween special. Uh, the Marvel is going to bring back their Werewolf by Night um, property. Uh, Michael Giacchino is going to be directing this. They're calling it his feature debut. Uh, He has previously worked as a composer with uh, scoring such films as The Incredibles, Jurassic World, and The Batman. Um, Yeah, this is The Batman. Gail Gail Garcia Bernal is to star. Uh, Marvel has two different incarnations of this uh, Werewolf by Night character. Uh, the Jack Russell character appearing in a comic series from 1972 to 1977, and there was an also a version of this character that appeared in some comic last year. So uh, there will be a Werewolf by Night Marvel Halloween special for Disney+. Plus. Do, do you know if this is a live-action or a possibly animated special? Uh, nothing I saw indicated anything having to do with animation, uh, but it didn't specify uh, in what I had read. All right, cool. Thanks, Dean. You're welcome, Monkey. Makes sense with Moon Knight and Blade and all that stuff getting ready to uh, to, to kind of hit, the, hit yeah. the market. Mid- so get, Mid- getting some Midnight of these dark Sun. characters out there is going to be fun. Yep, yep, yep. Indeed. How about you, King? Are and you excited? Uh, sure. It's going to be on Disney Plus, so I'll be watching it. So no, you know, just like Ms. Marvel, I was like, "Hey, is it going to be on Disney Plus?" Yes. Okay, I'm out. Let me know how it is. Dude, you got ways Disney around Plus. it. I've shown you the ways on the dark yeah, side of the fort. I know, but it this takes a lot of time, and I don't have that kind of time anymore to dedicate myself to a series. Just it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Rest in peace. Or have it thoughts and prayers. Whatever. <laughs> All right, Dean, moving on. Uh, 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 what? Uh, show. <laughs> Lee Cronin uh, has announced that Evil Dead Rise has reached the picture lock stage of post-production and that now right. it's time to perfect the audio, uh, the musical compositions, and the sound design. Uh, they're still... Uh, is no release date uh, announced for this Evil Dead Rise project, but when the time comes, you will be able to see it on HBO Max. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, see, hopefully a trailer will be coming soon now that the picture's been locked, so get ready to enter the high-rise with Evil Dead Rise. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully Bruce has a little bit of a cameo, just as a bellboy or something like that. Just like he did in Spider-Man 2. <laughs> we shall see. And, and, all, and, all, and I asked this question in, in all seriousness because I did not watch it. Uh, was the the Evil Dead, uh, the Alvarez Evil Dead remake film, was that like any good? Like, are are people like looking forward to this Evil Dead rise? Like, I know it's Fucking going to awesome. HBO Max and not the theaters, oh, it was but was it good? Yeah, it was it was great. Did people like it? And are people looking forward to this? 
I mean, I loved it. I have it on uh, Blu-ray, so I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it but can you get a, you get everything on Blu-ray, even if it's fucking terrible? You know, like you're a completist. Because I'm a horrible person. I, I know this. That's nothing about my movie. No, I said nothing Terror about the quality them. of your content as a person. <laughs> I said something about the quality of I the know, content yeah. of your collection. No, it, it, it's a great movie. I mean, uh, yeah, I know uh, the ghoul is going to chime in, but yeah, I, I bought it. I saw it in theaters. think it's great. So I'm looking forward to Evil Dead Rise. Shows you that you don't need no, Ash I, to make a good Evil Dead movie. I feel, yeah, I feel that it just, I feel like the quality of that film just never came up here, nor have we uh, featured it for the show. So I haven't seen it, but no, I don't feel yet. like I ever heard if it was good or not. So uh, hearing this. Uh, might make me watch uh, the Evil Dead Alvarez film because if you guys are saying it's good, I'll check it out. Well, maybe we should make it a pick. Yeah, look, I'm a fan. You know what I mean? I thought uh, I went into that movie and, you know, I, I'm not going to say I went in with crossed arms, but I went in with... Uh, you know, jaded expectations, and that movie fucking far and away blew me away with what they, they decided to go with and do with that. And it is very enjoyable, very, very well worth watching, man. I I, I know, the, like you said, the king buys every version that's in that. I typically don't, but in the case of that movie, I did. I bought it twice digitally because uh, they first released the uh, the regular version of that digitally as a two-pack with the Don't Breathe movie. Uh, but then I also went mm-hmm. out of my way to make sure I got the uh, the unrated aver- version of it as well, just to, to get some of that extra little bits and pieces in there. Yeah, and it's great. Especially the scenes that they didn't have in the movie that were total kind of homages to the original Evil Dead. Really good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, Dean, uh, it might be a pick on the show. You might have to watch it on your own, but one of those remakes where it's just totally great. You know, you can right. forget that it had Ash in it. So, all right. All right, good to know. I will uh, maybe maybe take a look. Good to know. Good to know. So, uh, Stephen King, uh, you know, he did this long interview on, on the KingCast podcast. I had uh, some news about that last week, but uh, he did yeah. state uh, when talking about the film adaptation of his book, Cujo, uh, which he does believe stayed fairly truthful to the book, he says... And he firmly believes that uh, D. Wallace should not only have been nominated, but also should have won an Oscar for her performance in Cujo. Uh, he said uh, uh, he said that her performance was incredible. Uh, he said that the Academy uh, is made up of at the time made up because he's an Academy voter now, but uh, at the time was made up of a bunch of essentially fossilized crusty old people with colostomy bags uh, that completely would <laughs> overlook uh, the horror genre. Um, so he said he firmly believes that D. Wallace should have won an Oscar. Uh, he also said uh, that as far as things that were changed in the book, he said that he had was approached uh, by somebody uh, in the production team that was handling the money for the film uh, and that person said to Stephen King, look, we um, would like there to be this change where um you know at the end of the film uh, the boy lives and king said that he thought for a moment and said that uh he felt that the audience would want to lynch someone if they would have seen the boy go through everything 
that he went through and then and then die. So they decided to have <laughs> no, him live. But then Stephen King, Stephen yeah, King said too. that they also made sure to include a scene where uh, the dog licks the boy's face, uh, indicating that perhaps in the future the boy would have gotten uh, rabies and died or, or something. So anyway, uh, that's why the boy lived, and Steve Wallace should have won an Oscar for Cujo. Like Harry Potter. Hmm. The boy who lived. I mean, I'm kind of surprised he remembers that book because that was during his coke phase where he was just putting out things that he didn't even remember writing. And Cujo is one of those books that he does not remember writing because he was so hopped up on coke the entire time just trying to get the money from the publisher. So for him to be like, he oh, drove so, yes, I saw the movie. And yes, they should have killed off Danny Pintaro in that movie. What a fucking stupid ending. I was like, no, you got to have a bad ending. you got to have a sad ending. Kill him off because, you know, I mean, just go out there. I mean, you know, look at the mist years later. Frank Darabont fucking killed everybody. There was no riots. There was nobody going, oh, my God, they killed the kid. No, no. It's okay. It's a fucking movie. Kid's alive. he got a paycheck. Fucking irritating. So irritating. It's just, yeah. Movie. He's just the worst. I mean, Danny Pintaro, even on Who's the Boss, is irritating. I'm like, we all watch it for Sam anyway. We watch it for Danny Pintaro. <laughs> and her Milano's with Tony. I watch it for Tony Danza. No, I watch it for Judith Light. My bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Tony Angela. Angela. I watch it for Mona. Michelle, Angela. Oh, yeah, you know you watch it for Mona. Just the, <laughs> with the big old... Boobs and the red hair going out. Oh, God, you guys are horrible. I'm going out to get fucked. It's like, well, that was a special episode of Who's the Boss? <sighs> Mona didn't care about anything. She was just freewheeling, freeballing all every weekend. <laughs> Mona, yeah, Mona, that, Mona, that, Mona, going out there. That, 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 that was a very special episode for the king. Because <laughs> we all know how he Hey, I, I became a man that day. <laughs> I did. I was like, you get it, Mona. And then I put on the <laughs> Golden Girls and I just had a great time. What's going on with one eye, ladies? Did somebody call for the pool boy? What can you be, Arthur? <laughs> Pictured Sicily, 1942. <laughs> well, that's right, Sophia. You tell me a story. I'm not feeling comfortable anymore with having this pool boy around. That's a special episode of the Golden Girls. I get arrested on the one eye. No, you know, listen, Brew, you know, Blanche, you can bring a cheesecake out. We'll talk. Like the reverse version yeah. of that special episode of Different Strokes, you know? Oh, oh the kidnapping one? Where, where the got, uh... mm-hmm. <laughs> or the bicycle shop episode. Yeah, the special episode <laughs> of the kidnapping hey. episode. Yeah, hey, Dudley, let's hey, drink du- some wine. Hey, Dudley, watch, watch this movie. <laughs> so, Dudley, do you like movies about gladiators? <laughs> 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 Not really. Well, let's sit down and watch. Hey, take your shirt off. It's a little hot in here, don't you think? Hey, have some fun juice. Say it's gross. I know, but it's going to make you relax. Don't tell your parents. No problem. <laughs> and this right now, here is when Black Beauty started doing some mounting of his own. <laughs> yeah. now, why, now, why don't you stand over there and let me take a couple pictures? For old time's sake. <laughs> Oh, Arnold's crying. That's okay, Arnold. You're not ready for this yet. <laughs> it's all right. Just don't tell your dad. <laughs> Easy as pie. Well, yeah, those special episodes. Or like the uh, Mr. Belvedere episode where the kid had AIDS and he all treated it like a laugh track. 
Hey, how are you doing, buddy? I have AIDS. What? Oh, man, that's hilarious. Yeah, no, that happens in a Mr. Belvedere episode. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, the little kids, can I get it by touching? He goes, I don't know. Ha, 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 ha. I was like, wow. This guy on the last track does not know when the right button should be pushed. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, it's on YouTube. It's fun. It, well, it was the fucking, like, 80s. I mean, they, they didn't care. Nobody was watching. Nobody was watching what our kids were watching. Hey, it's fine. Look at Small Wonder. Little robot oh, girl. What is she doing with her time? I wouldn't trust that son with a damn. <laughs> Why does he keep going to her room? <laughs> I don't so, that sounds coming from upstairs. I feel like yeah, what's that bed creaking? <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. It's just Vicky charging. I put her on her charger, and uh, it just sounds like that. Okay, going to bed. You have no problem. <laughs> squeak, 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 squeak. Wow, she's really charging. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Okay, so, <laughs> Dean, what else did you got? Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you what else I got. I love it. All right. There uh, was word this week that Halloween Ends has officially wrapped filming and is still on track for its October uh, 2022 release date. So there you have it. Production has wrapped. Filming has wrapped. And it's heading into post-production. Yep, we'll see. I'm sure we'll get a trailer this summer, and uh, we'll have to check it out. Yep. This is Halloween End Part 1. October 14th, 2022, Halloween ends. It'd be great if they split yeah. this final movie into, like, two parts, like they did the end of Harry Potter <laughs> yeah. and Twilight and exactly. shit like that. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, Dune, you know, surprise. You thought Halloween ends, well, but, but evil does not die tonight. Yeah. Evil dies next year as we shut it out. Twenty four. I don't know We're about the other properties. At least, you know... Uh, they didn't do it with the other films in the series, but, you know, it, it is a fact that, like, the final Harry Potter book is, like, 800 and something pages, if not more. I, I totally get them wanting to kind of cram everything they could into it and splitting it into two movies, although I also realized that I'm sure it was, uh, you know, essentially a business decision. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't foresee Halloween ends being split into two films. You don't know. No, the content, you don't know until the end. Wrong. The content was there, you know, and you saw it with Harry Potter, you saw it with the Hunger Games, and you saw it with Twilight. You know, all, all the final yeah. books in those series are massive books, so there's a, a lot of shit to, to get down and get done and to finalize. So, so no, it made perfect sense to do it with, uh, with all of those series. Hunger Games, and Hunger yes. Games are not, they're not massive books at all, but... Uh, uh, the Harry final Potter one was like, the biggest the, of the of the three. So yeah, but even still, it wasn't a very large book. Like I have them in my classroom. They're not big books like a like a Harry Potter. Yeah, I'm here. But um, uh, my, my just my point being is that Harry Potter was the the one to like set the trend because that shit didn't that shit happen with the Twilight ones also. They started splitting those and everything. Yep. Didn't, isn't that correct? So yeah, but, John, the final, uh, final movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, Harry Potter being the, the trendsetter. Was it? Because I thought Twilight came out before Harry Potter ended. I don't know. Mm. Look that up. Yeah, I thought it might that, have been uh, definitely Hollows. It could be. 
Could be. You know, could be at the same time, could be later. I'm not sure. I don't. I remember seeing great, both of those Harry Potter movies and it just felt like fucking forever. It felt like you, yeah. know, you were sitting you know, and being tortured for two and a half hours. You know, like, we're, we're going to show you how evil this guy is. Oh, no, we're not, because we're a kid Harry, movie. Harry right. Potter Part 1 came out in 2010. Breaking Dawn Part 1 came out in 2011. So Harry Potter did do it first. But, but, okay. but, but as far as... But as, far as as far as splitting the book into two movies, that's that's which would have that came first. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, that's the final. As far as the, the as far as saying. the movies go, Deathly Hollows Part One came out in 2010, and Breaking Dawn uh, Part One came uh, out in 2011. So that's Harry Potter and Twilight, Harry. respectively. Yes. Yeah. I, so. I I knew I remembered that correctly. Well, wow. Man, that's that's what we have. You've been a piece of cake. That's right. But we're just saying that we don't want Halloween to end where Michael's dead and all of a sudden the fucking DeLorean shows up and Doc Brown's like, he's not dead yet. <laughs> go back a, little, a little strange, a little strange on the crossover there, King. Because be you're going to figure crossover. out a way to, to, to break it into two. I, I would love it. Yes, I would love him to go back to 78 with Doc Brown and Marty. Oh, man, this Michael Myers is heavy, Doc. Oh, we got to kill him, Marty. Can't leave it up to Doc a little bit. You make that crossover, and yo, you know what, man? We get Tom Atkins back. We get we get part three back yes. into this shit, man. We we can really make everything happen. Tom Atkins is throwing beer bottles at random people. I know you're out there, Michael. You got to start. I mean, we could go. We could go MCU with this, and even get the Rob Zombie world, like universe in there. We could take this and turn it from just time traveling and into a multiverse. You know, all, all in one. So so let's well, do it. Really good, Dean King. King, it's all you, man. You start writing. Yeah, I'm going to start writing because I'm into this. Back to the Future meets Halloween franchise. It's going to be great. Why is that guy cursing at that girl so much, Marty? I don't know. It's, it's Rob Zombie. I don't know what he's doing. He called her a bitch again. Oh, I think he needs to tone it down. No, no. Different time, Doc. It's not nice to say the anymore. My God. It would be great. I gotta start writing it. Gotta start writing this fan fiction. <laughs> All right. All right. So Dean, moving on. What else you got? I will tell you, King. What else I got? This summer, from the folks over at Screambox, uh, there is going to be uh, a documentary titled Pennywise: The Story of It. Uh, it will be hitting video on demand. Uh, this summer uh, on the Screenbox Horror Channel, as well as uh, Apple, Prime, Google, and Voodoo. Uh, this is going to feature interviews with key players uh, behind Pennywise, as well as an exploration of the creation of the It films. Uh, so coming this summer, Pennywise, the story of It. What is It? I think Phantom that question back in the 90s. Yeah, it out, but you can't have it. <laughs> He's a singer, ladies and gentlemen. What is it? You son, what is it? That's like a song. Still ripped. <laughs> Still ripped. So, yeah. And Screenbox, if you guys don't know about it, it's another streaming service for horror movies that uh, Bloody Disgusting is behind. So if you like adding another one to the collection of streaming services, that's the one to do because uh, they have that available for purchase for monthly and yearly, just like Shudder. I'll stick with Shudder, but 
you want a different uh, feel with screen box, I guess there you go. Can't do it. I'm good with this having shutter. Not a sponsor no, of the wait, show. Wait, wait, wait. So, so, so Bloody Disgusting has gotten so big now to where they actually have their own streaming service? Correct. Because they make movies. They made the whole VHS uh, series, and they've done a couple other ones. So, yeah, they have their own podcasts. So, yeah, they're branching out into streaming service territory with uh, Streambox. But what wow. makes them kind of stand out from everybody else is the fact that they acquired the entire Freddy's Nightmares catalog, the TV show, show from 90 to 91. So they acquired right. both seasons, and they're like Blu-ray quality and perfect pictures. So they acquired both seasons of that, and they're like, hey, see, hey guys, we got Freddy's Nightmares. Where else are you going to watch them? Got to join up with Streambox. I'm like, no, no, because I have a bootleg. I'm good. <laughs> I got my bootleg DVD set. So I'll pop that in. I mean, what else do you got? Well, we got movies like what Shutter has. All right, well, I'm out. But, hey, listen, <laughs> they could make it work. Good on them. I mean, they got the documentary, like the Dean said, of It, the story of Pennywise coming. So that's exclusive. So if you're in that type of stuff, you got to shine up with uh, Screenbox. But, all right, Dean, what else you got? Uh, shine up. Get it? Oh, sign up. I thought you said shine up. I thought that was like a nice play on words. My bad. Oh, you I did, did say shine. Yeah. It's oh. Yes, it Hold is. It. Look at that. Wow. See, I got go. that fucking joke. I'm so smart. <laughs> You're the smartest. The smartest. <laughs> Why, thank you. Yeah. You got it, buddy. Gold star. You got it. Gold star all around. You got it, dude. You got it, dude. Next show. You what got you it, man. <laughs> and then. Say it with Wow. Was this that house? <laughs> okay, what's so going on, the toy folks? From the toy folks yeah. over at Mezco, there is going to be a tribute to the original creep show in a plush doll form. Uh, the original The Creep uh, is going to be a Roto plush collectible, 18 inches tall. Uh, with a menacing one-eyed stare and toothy smile, uh, and uh, this decaying skeletal figure uh, will be wrapped in the iconic hood and robe, robe uh, and will be uh, displayed in a collect-friendly uh, window box uh, that is perfect uh, for display. Uh, you can expect uh, this creep uh, doll from Mezco to ship sometime between September and November of 2022, and it is available for pre-order right now with the hefty price tag of $98. So you're saying this is the greatest doll in the world? So this isn't the greatest doll in the world, this is just a tribute? Is that what you said? <laughs> that is exactly what I said. <laughs> All right, yeah, cool. Just just men. <laughs> Do it for the D. <laughs> yeah, I got that. <laughs> But man, what it must be to have money. Like, oh, look, $98. Cool. Yeah, I wish I had that kind of fucking money. I mean, yeah, even if I be. did, I don't know that I would be buying a creep doll for $98, even if I had I sure uh, that kind of money. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I collect shit. <laughs> I'm just saying that. I'm going to die among my collection. What are you talking about? I am. You had that, no, you had that money, money, you know, you're asking me to Oh, oh, please, I'll get two. <laughs> if I had fucking money like that, yeah, I'd be getting two. Just so they could hang out with each other. <laughs> two would be a fucking object. 
Just so they can spread the tattoo. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Green hood. It has a blue red hood. Yeah, see, red, blue, green. This one has a lantern. This one has the comic. This one's bloody. Like, uh, fuck yeah, dude. Uh, give me all the variants. You already know that I have, like, 15 <laughs> copies of, like, Night of the Living Dead and three other copies of Halloween, so you know I don't care about buying the double. Speaking of which, did you get an update on uh, your Loomis figure yet or no? Uh, yeah, it's shipping this month, supposedly, so we'll see. Oh, sweet. So I just contacted that. <laughs> well, 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 no, not sweet. Because they told me back in February, February, dude, get ready for your Willis and Michael Myers two-pack. And I was like, cool. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a second, it's March now. And they're like, yeah, nope, March, baby, March. And I was like, okay. I still uh, have a okay. place on my show. <laughs> and I, I really need to fill it because it's looking kind of sad. But And I'm also looking for the ash from the original Evil Dead. Apparently, targets are getting them now, and people are posting pictures. I'm like, fuck you guys. Living out there in fucking Arizona well, where you guys got everything. You just have to go to the Target, target Kate. I have. I've been to five of them. They don't have them. Believe me, last weekend I did a search. I went to five different ones. And they had zero. Those things about the shelves quick, man. You know, it's 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 funny how that kind of stuff works, man. You know, they're supposed to have like surprise mm-hmm. drops, but certain people yep. get warnings ahead of time and I mean look, we we saw the same shit happen with you know, with with game systems, it happens with toys, you know. It's uh Oh yeah. It's a, it's a collectible world. The employees like to sell shit, too, out the back. Oh, oh yeah. Sure they do. I mean, okay. who wouldn't? Yeah, because yeah, I went to the last Target, and they didn't have it. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to leave with this little Toonie Terrors. I, I, listen, don't judge me. I already have one, but this is a variant because it has tears of blood. I'm going to take this. But I was really here for Evil Dead. <laughs> take my fucking money. Don't look at me in the eye. Because I know that you know that I already have one, but still, it's got blood on it. It's a variant. I gotta have two, all right? And they're cheap. Oh, so you, so you broke down and bought that one, huh? <laughs> yep. Sure did. The exact same one, except it has blood on the mask, and I was like, uh, yep, okay. I was like, I'm, I'm doing it. And it was only $12, so I couldn't really turn it down. Ah, of course, yeah, my, go my, figure. My drunken, you know, uh, purchases from last November finally arrived. I was like, the fucking oh. company's in New York. Why am I getting it now? I ordered it in November. But you're like, oh, sorry. Yeah, we only have, like, two people working for us, so here's your shit. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Like, I'm happy, but I'm not. So I was like, but that's fine. I wouldn't recommend your company, but goddamn, your stuff is sweet. Cool. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Then I just look around and I'm like, God damn it, I got so much shit, but I love it. That damn collector in me. I'll find a, pay, a space for anything. Everything has a home Yep, well, yeah. I'm, I'm that way. Top uh, top uh, top uh, shelf of my bookshelf is reserved for my book yep. figures. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I have dedicated walls just to Nightmare on Elm Street. I have a dedicated wall to Friday the 13th. I have one for Halloween. I have one for my autographs. I have one for Ghostbusters. You know, Monkey likes it when he comes over and he gets to check everything out, but I think that if the dean and whoever visited, he'd be like, oh, probably should call somebody. Seems like he's got <laughs> a I think, I think that's a... I think that's a I think that, that 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 like puts me in in the ghoul in a in a in an unfair light. Uh, King. I don't, I'm I don't joking know with that you guys. I know uh, you. the ghoul and I would come over and and talk down on 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 the decor that uh, lines the walls of of your abode. 
No, I'm, I'm I mean, we might make fun of it later, but we certainly wouldn't say am it. I the fu- am I the fucking ghoul of Siam? <laughs> you know, the king, the king and I, the ghoul and I. <laughs> the ghoul and I. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, how attached were you to that Leatherface figure because the saw broke? Oh, my God. Oh, I, it took me two years to find that one. It's okay, super glue. It's okay, Leatherface. It's okay. I'm going to put it back together. No, he's talking no, no, to the no, figure no, again. No, that's when you're like, okay, okay, we're going to wait for the monkey to come over. He's going to bring his glue, and he's going to fix it, because we know the king has big, shaky hands. <laughs> the monkey has tiny, tiny, little, steady hands. He can fix this Yeah, my shit. fucking baseball mitt hands, yeah, they're not gluing anything together. <laughs> if it breaks, it goes in the trash. <laughs> Fuck it, I can't build it. <laughs> He's fucking banana hands. Imagine me trying to hold a glue gun. Fucking banana hands. Look at that guy that was tripping face and he fucking like recorded himself or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah, that's me, unfortunately. But all right, Dean, what else do you got? Later this year, on September 20th, uh, 2022, uh, there is going to be a 30th anniversary celebration of Goosebumps uh, with the famous Goosebumps character of Slappy. Uh, Slappy will be returning in a brand new Goosebumps book. Uh, This new untold story of the Goosebumps icon. Uh, This is Slappy's world. You only scream in it, but where did he come from? And can he ever be destroyed? Uh, Where did he learn martial arts? The character of Slappy. Uh, Hard to... You know, with a with, and we talked about it here on the show with the the new Goosebumps live action TV series on the way, and a a new Goosebumps book celebrating Slappy coming later this year. It's it's hard to believe that it's been Goosebumps been around for thirty years already. Yeah, dude, like you know, early nineties, <laughs> around the same time as Pogs. <laughs> I love Pogs. I was a good playing with him. I was that one kid that had the case, that had all the pogs, that had the slammer. I didn't even know how to fucking play it. I was just like, I got pogs. <laughs> I check out my super sweet fucking pog collection. My sister's I got so many pogs, dude. It's not even funny how many of those damn things they had. And I can tell you right now, they had no, they never played with those things. They had no idea how to play the damn game. Nope. Nothing. They Still just don't. got them because that was the popular thing to get at the time. And they had fucking an obscene amount and then they tried to pawn that shit off on donovan when when he was he was like <laughs> fucking two you know what i mean it's not even like he'd have anything to do with it i'm like you're not you're not sending that fucking mess my way you take that box and put it somewhere else <laughs> throw it in the river okay <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's not what they're worth no it's not <laughs> no yeah pogs no good god they're not worth anything just like beanie babies worth zero but I bought a whole car's worth. I mean, well, you fucked up. It's like you're talking. You just throw them in the fucking garbage. <laughs> you just got to get rid of them. Like, I don't care. I mean, like, I, I wish I kept my Razor Ramon one because rest in peace, Scott Hall. But, man, all the other ones, I'm like, yeah, yeah. throw them out. Make way for the bad guy. Kind of sad to hear that. But, all right, Dean. Uh, what else do you got? That is all. All right. So that wraps it up, and we're hitting our mark. All right. Very good. 
So tonight uh, we're talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week, Man's Best Friend from 1993, directed by John Lafia. So you take the floor, Dean, and then we'll come in and give our thoughts. Yes, Man's Best Friend from 1993, directed by John Lafia, starring Ali Sheedy and Lance Hendrickson. Um, Lance Hendrickson playing Dr. Jarrett, a uh, scientist working on genetically modified uh, guard dogs in his laboratory, Ali Sheedy playing a news reporter trying to expose the, the experiments going on uh, with animals in the laboratory. Um, and while uh, sneaking into the laboratory late one night with her camera person, uh, accidentally uh, releases Max, one of the genetically modified dogs, uh, which we learn has been uh, being provided with uh, medication from his doctor that keeps his, uh, his, his rage and aggression in check, uh, which uh, leads to the clock ticking uh, to when uh, Max will have a full uh, aggressive explosion uh, and, uh, you know, much dog destruction takes place in this race against time to recontrol Max before he takes over. Uh, the area. So there, a loose description about Man's Best Friend, uh, starring oh, Dean and Lance Henriksen. Alright. And what are your thoughts on it? Uh, my thoughts on this movie. This movie is just silly. You know, I, I remember this, uh, you know, vaguely back from 1993, and I don't know uh, what caused this film uh, I, to come back on my radar. My wife and I were watching something. We were, like, looking at something with animals on our phone, and, like, there was something with the dog, and I don't know what I – I wish I remembered what it was, but that reminded me. I was like, oh, that reminds me of Man's Best Friend. And she was like, what's that? And I'm like, oh, it's this, like, crazy movie about a crazy dog and, like, with Al TV. And, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? But um, I, I, we looked up the, the, the plot synopsis. And uh, I was just got a kick out of reading it and was like, oh, I'm certainly making that my next pick. So uh, that is how this pick ended up here. But as far as my thoughts on the film, this is just like a like uh, this is just like a silly uh, film from its time in the 90s, like like low budget fare, uh, a lot of silliness, a few things that just didn't really make any any sense. And, uh, you know, just and some ridiculous uh, acting performances. So um, do I like man's best friend? Like I sort of like it. I totally like see this as just like like a silly film that kind of really only could have been made in the time that it was made. All right. So this was your, cool. first, you so this was your first time? Sorry. No, 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 no. I had seen, I don't know that I saw this film uh, way back in the early 90s from start to finish, uh, but I definitely have seen it in segments. Uh, so there was a lot of what I was watching. I was like, oh, I totally remember this. Um, right. And some other things were like, I don't know if I remember this, but I've, I've definitely seen pieces of this in, in the past. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, uh, sorry, Ghoul, yeah. Oh, no, look, you know what? Again, best friend. This movie, okay, for one thing, one of those movies that I will always remember the box art at the video store. Oh, yeah, um, for sure. There are, only, there are only so <laughs> yeah. many, you know, wild animal style, or at least dog-related wild animal style movies. Uh, but this had uh, an obscene amount of cable play. Um, back oh, back yeah. in the 90s when this came out. And that is where I saw this movie. So um, 
I remember back then being kind of disappointed with the film, uh, or at least underwhelmed. I, I, in my, in my, in my teenage perception of what a good movie should be, um, this was not it. Uh, watching it now as an adult, like yeah, I can see, I can see some of the comedy in it. I can see because it, it actually, if you, if you do look it up, it does have some things actually list this film as a comedy. Um, I would say that. This uh, it's unbalanced. You know, like there were parts of this movie that I really liked. There were things in this movie I really liked, but then there was stuff that uh, that still like irks me. And and it's just uh, so it's overall similar to the Dean. Do I like this movie? Yeah. Am I going to go and revisit this movie anytime soon? No. You know, if I happen to like turn, I, I don't even have cable. I can't even say like if I happen to turn on like a channel and it was on, I'd watch it. There's no chance of me ever turning anything on where this is going to just be on and I'm going to watch. So maybe if it like popped up on Shutter or something and I had absolutely nothing else to watch, no reality TV shows and no video games capable of being played, then maybe I would watch Man's Best Friend again. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, Monkey, what'd you think about Man's Best Friend? Damn. <laughs> All right. Back in the day, I saw this in theaters. Now, I didn't go because I'm a wow. dog person. I'm not a fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, wow, I went. You saw this uh, yeah. theaters, bro? Yes, uh, <laughs> yes I did. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, it did. did. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. It made $12 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It made yeah. twelve million. It doubled its money. It made twelve million on a six million dollar budget. Yes, it did. It double its money. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I didn't pay movie theater prices to see an old ass unfuckable Ali Sheedy reprisal of Stephanie from Short Circuit. I went because of one reason and one reason only. Motherfucking Lance Henry. Fingered. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, please Lance Henry. No. Ah, those ass in the movie, and I'm there. Okay. So we had. So when we have this botched-up, weird-ass, demented, fucking stalker love letter to dogs or whatever it is, fine, fine, fine. Just give me Lance Henriksen doing what he does, and I'll be cool. All that being said, not even Henriksen could save this movie from landing in the bargain bin of VHS rental obscurity. All right. All of that being said, all right, and the ghoul will know where I'm going here, all right. When I went to go see this, I was definitely the minority in the audience. Okay, and being the minority in this audience, you know, because certain people love their fucking dogs. They love them to be fucking guard dogs made for a really, really good movie going experience. When you have the right crowd. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) When you have the right crowd and they get fucking worked up and stuff like that. While the movie wasn't good, it definitely, definitely made for a really, really fun experience going to see it live. <laughs> I could see that being fun. I could see this in theaters being fun with the right audience, regardless of, mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. whatever type of person they are. Good, bad, ugly, good-looking, pretty, sexy, hot. I don't know. I wish I knew this was in theaters, you know? Like, I, I don't know. I guess... I think we were too busy taking acid and, and seeing concerts that <laughs> came out in the movie theaters for, uh, you know, for, for, for me to have yeah. seen this in the theater. It was, what, 93? <laughs> so, no, I guess I had seen, yeah. what, I seen Jurassic Park, like, fucking six times or some shit. Yeah. I saw Free Willy six right. times. I saw Jurassic Park, like, three <laughs> times. So, Kate, what did you think of this, Jim? <laughs> um no, this is honestly, this is one of those movies that I was talking about last week. I mean, I know, Monkey, you weren't a part of it, but sometimes there's a movie that's just – 
it's so silly and over the top that it kind of gives you a break from other serious horror movies. And you just kind of have to sit back and you can turn your mind off and just watch it and have fun with it. Like, it's not trying to be serious. It's not trying to have a message. It's just a fucking dog that's like the Terminator and it decides to kill people in hilarious ways using really bad early 90s, you know, uh, technology for the special effects. You know, and, and Lance Henriksen didn't want to be in this movie. He said he didn't want to play evil because he doesn't want to play evil. If there's no kind of uh, real story for him. He doesn't want to be in movies he where he uh, kills kids or anything like that. Yeah, but he also said that he never wants to be in a slasher movie. And I was like, well, I could tell you, too, that you were in, you know, because you were in, in Scream <laughs> 3. <laughs> you know, so you do do slasher movies, and you're also in the horror show back in the 80s, which are two fucking slasher movies. So him going, I'm never going to do a slasher movie. You did. Um, but no, it's just yeah. it's a fun and, movie. Uh, I mean, I, mm-hmm. Yeah, and his vampire movie, too. Don't forget that, man. Well, which one was that? No, Near Dark. Yes, Near Dark. Yeah, Near Dark yeah. Is, is one of the, the best. Uh, aside from The Lost Boys back in the 80s, I think that was probably one of the better ones. Phil Paxton's great. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, but in this, in this movie, yeah, it's, you know, Ali Sheedy is fine. I mean, I, I really don't know her from that much except for Short Circuit and Breakfast Club, where she got the short end of the strong Breakfast Club, where she's like, I'm cool being mean. And they're like, no, you're not. And fucking give her a makeover that just ruins everything <laughs> that she had as being a person. Um, so in this movie, yes, yeah, she's, she's playing a, a reporter named Maury Tanner who uh, is just doing like the, the, the cutesy reports about like polyester in the 90s and all that stuff. And she oh, he's a Tanner in the 90s. She is. Everywhere <laughs> you look, everywhere <laughs> so far. No, no, no. Wrong. We're not talking about Full House. We're talking about no. his best friend. So, uh, so she gets a call from an Emacs lab employee named Judy Sanders who says, hey, you know, they're abusing animals here. They're experimenting on them come on over tonight, I'll get you in, you can do your whole report, and it'll be fucking stellar. And she's like, cool. But unfortunately, Judy is killed by an animal in the lab and dragged away. So no, there's no person here to let us in. So what are we going to do? Uh, very much akin to, like, Candyman, uh, which, which came out in 92, where you have her assistant, Annie, and Lori, they're breaking into a lab. I was like, just getting those vibes. But it's like, we shouldn't be here, but we want to get our report, so we're going to break in anyway because we're women and yeah, we're in and charge. Yeah, and that's totally legal. Yeah, let's totally break into this place. <laughs> it's fine. It's going to make sense. So they break in. They discover all the animals are all fucked up and scarred up and bloody and just you know disgusting lab. And, of course, yes, like we had said, she discovers a big-ass Tibetan Mastiff named Max, who at first seems very friendly and licking her face and just kind of being sweet. And she's like, oh, he's so sweet. Let's just, you know, let's help him. Let's take all this shit off and let's get him out of here. But, of course, who shows up? Dr. Jared. Uh, no, come back with my dog. You can't take that dog. It's dangerous. And they're like, hey, fuck you. We're not hearing you. Bye-bye. And he's like, no, seriously. <laughs> Max, come on. You want to come back with me, right, boy? Come on. I mean, free electric shocks. But no. No, Max isn't having any of it. And he goes hey, off with, with Lori and Annie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so they escape into the night with the dog in tow, and they're going to go eventually go shopping to buy food and everything for the dog. Lori's kind of stoked about it. But we have no montage? immediately going to the police. No, no montage. Not yet. That is, we're, we're that get is there, what no. this movie kind of lacked. You know what I mean? Like, like that yeah, is the one montage. thing here. You know, yeah. like, like this movie is very much every single animal-based, kid-friendly film from, like, the late 70s to, like, the mid-80s. You know, your Benjis, your Chomp, um, Daryl is a movie that plays similar to like yeah. this one, except instead of it mm-hmm. being family friendly, this critter just tends to 
turn into a raging maniac and fucking eat things or fight things and attack Data things. analyzing robot youth life forms. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And Chops so, was, yeah, Chops yeah, was yeah. the dog version of Daryl. Um, and and yeah, again, it's Chops the same exact fun. thing, you know, like dog gets out of lab, you know. Oh, for, you know, friendly little kid gets dog. Dog saves the day. They save the dog. Everybody loves everybody. But not in this case, you know, the dog's just a fucking murderous psychopath. Then it works. You know, and I, I guess at a certain point you're supposed to root for the dog because the dog didn't ask to be turned into this kind of a thing. But uh, Dr. Jarrett goes to the police and he talks to Detectives Kovacs and Benedetti who are just there for the comic relief. I mean, they really are. I mean, it's Kovacs yeah. and Benedetti have that one scene where he's giving him a carrot telling him to stop. <laughs> what are you, my wife? I'm trying to add, add lives to you. You know, you're worse than my wife. Like, you know, they have to have this back and forth. And Jarrett tells them that, yes, you know, I, I experiment on animals. I perform vivisections. But it's to save lives. Like, I'm not, you know, trying to put makeup on them and seeing what's safe for humans to use. I'm just trying to save lives. And I'm like, okay. He's like, by the way, totally not going to tell you everything else until later. Got to save know, that for the minute. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was quite funny uh, because uh, Robert Costanzo, um, yeah. you know, having – And Die like, Hard. Not that he had – not that he had so, – yep. yes, for sure. Uh, not that he had uh, so much screen time here, but – more screen time than I'm used to seeing this guy have. Like he usually has, like shows up in like a like a bit part. And I believe he was in Die Hard Two. Um, Die Hard Two. But 2, like, yep. you know, he was he was he was in Total Recall. Uh, he had yep. a small part in uh, the very great uh, early '90s uh, Billy Crystal uh, comedy City Slickers. A very small part in the beginning. Like he just showed up in these in these light like funny roles, like memorable roles. Uh, mm-hmm. But funny Small roles, role. and it was Small just funny to see him well. have. It was it was just it was funny to me seeing him have like a a, a wider part here, uh, a larger part here, because I don't know of uh, things where I've seen him with this big of a part. Yeah, and, like I felt with like the whole uh, with the whole smoking thing and everything. Like I, I got like Lethal Weapon vibes off of this, which mm-hmm. you know again. You know, is 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 totally well within the realm because this is the year after yeah. the third Lethal Weapon movie at this point. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was to me, and it was also there just to add some comic relief. You know, they wanted to add mm-hmm. some funniness to it, like we like when you get introduced when to the dog catchers, count. which is and a body count, but you add the the dog catchers in there, which is like fake Bill Bellamy and fake Patrick Dempsey teaming up to be uh, dog catchers. Um, they're clearly added because the studio was like, yeah, you got to come back and make something funny. Like you got to add more. So whenever they show up, it's like it's clearly an inserted shot. I mean, I just I love the fact that it was just I was like, wow, Bill Bellamy and Patrick Dempsey in the '90s, but no, it's not that much actually. Just a couple actors. Um, but we have <clears throat> Lori taking home Max and seeing that it responds kindly to her commands. You know, sit, roll over, you know, lay down. So she's like, oh, this is gonna be great. It's so cute. Except my my fucking wet blanket of a boyfriend is not gonna like this very much. Perry, you're not gonna like this very much. Of course, because the dog's pissed at him. He's like, get the fuck away from my girl, man. Get the fuck away from her. Perry's like, oh, wait, wait. I just I love the, the fact that Perry is just the amalgamation of every fucking 90s guy in a movie. You know, sweater vest, white T-shirt, blazers, khakis, glasses. I was like, could you not get Greg German, you know, from Ally McBeal and, <laughs> and uh, Child's Play 2? Because yeah, he would have been a perfect fit. But no, they, they couldn't. And so then, on, to- and then night, on top of that, don't forget, you've got to put your suit jacket. You got you got to put the sports jacket on top of all of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, you have to, to go out. You're like, hey, Dave, we're going to go out. I'm going to take off my blazer and put on another blazer. That's how fucking 90s this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, like, you, you just put on another blazer? Like, you, what was wrong with the one you had on? Oh, no, I mean, that's look, not nightwear. Listen, he's, he had he's to put the shame, nightwear on. But he also grew up watching Mr. Rogers, and Mr. Rogers would change his nope, fucking true. jacket when he got in the house, and he'd change his shoes when he got in the house. So, you know, that's <laughs> why we were the way we were in the night. Sure. I mean, I've done that. I've, I've, I've come, the way we were. Yeah, I've come home on cold nights and put on, on hoodies when I got home from work. I take off my work jacket and put on my hoodie. I've done that. I mean, so it's not unseasonable. But um, so Jared once again goes back to the detectives and he's like, "God damn it, why hasn't he called yet?" And they're like, "Well, we're doing our job." He's like, "We're not good enough." All right, calm down, Lewis. <laughs> we're looking. We're doing the best we can. We're not talking about man's best friend here. I was like, "Ooh, title." Ooh, they put oh, the title yep. in the movie. Ah, that's <laughs> exactly what I said. The girl girl was watching for a little bit with this one, and, uh, and yeah, no, I literally just turned around. I was like, oh, they said the title. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. That's what I call it. The unbalanced portion of, of, of this movie, though. You know, at one point you got Jarrett kind of getting played as if he's like kind of a good guy slash sympathetic. Right. But then you got the dog getting played as the villain, and then the dog's getting played as sympathetic, and Jarrett's the villain again. And when you said that Lance Henriksen yep. didn't want to play the bad guy, now it makes perfect sense because he didn't. Right. You can tell he really was not giving, yep. he was not putting 100% into this performance at all. No, not at all. But uh, with, with what we have next, I mean, it's kind of a montage in this movie because we have Max attacking a paper boy that hits it in the head. And, of course, he runs uh-huh. over and bites the kid's tires. And he's like, fuck you, kid. And he's like, oh, stop it. I didn't mean to. <laughs> so he's called back <laughs> home. And then we get introduced to Rudy, who's the son of the war's next-door neighbor, who was fucking Peter in Mighty Ducks the previous year. So clearly yeah. he had a witness protection for some reason. And oh, he's now living his room. The whole fucking time, and I could, I should have looked it up, and I didn't look it up, and I was just looking it up right now, and couldn't remember the character's name, and all the pictures on IMDb are like grown-up pictures, and I'm like, who the yeah, fuck Lady is this Daniels. kid? Where the fuck do I know him from? I know where the fuck he's yeah. from, and uh, you know, he was only in the first of the the Mighty Ducks yeah. movies. But thank you for saying that because it has been bugging me all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, also yeah. The, but also, but also the kid who played the paper, the kid who played the paper boy actually did stunts for the Mighty Ducks. He's got a lot of stunts too. He's a good. He's got a lot of stunt credits. Yeah, too, yeah. Man. He's got a shitload of stunt credits. Him and the paper, him and the mailman. <laughs> the mm-hmm. mailman has 195 credits for fucking stunts. So many, <laughs> so many. But we, Rudy decides he's going to take uh, Max for a walk, and he goes over to his house, and we see that they have a collie in their yard, and he introduces that collie as Heidi, and Max is instantly, "I'm fucking horny," and we're going to get oh, into yeah. some of that later, but. But uh, no, we just get the introductions. Hey, this is this is Max. So they continue with their walk with Rudy eventually meeting up with his friend. But then we also have a scene where the police, Kovacs and Benzetti, they get a lead that Judy Sanders' husband reported her missing from the lab. Well, let's kind of tie this together with Dr. Jarrett. We'll go over and have a talk with him. He's like, I don't know who you're talking about. So uh, is that it? Oh, uh, but (laughs) you know what? We have to fill in some time. So I'm just going to tell you exactly what Max is. So we got drunk (laughs) on that, right? And then I was like, listen, guys, what if we took fucking every animal and their DNA and just fucking put it into this dog? Like, what would happen, bro? What would happen? And that's what happened. Uh, my bad. I mean, he's super smart. He has chameleon te- like tech, and he's got all this other stuff. He just got a CDL license last week. Congratulations, Max. So now he can drive our trucks when he needs to. 
No, but, but he no, has, he's, he has, yeah, he's deadly. He has the strength of a tiger, the claws of a tiger, the speed of a yep. cheetah, the uh, ability to um, uh, camouflage like a chameleon. All right, he has the <laughs> venom of uh, an owl. That's right. Venom, no. Yeah, yeah, he has the venom. He have, <laughs> venom. The venom okay, of a cobra. Acid. 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 That comes out of his acid. acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Wait, wait, wait. Wait, so, so, wait, wait. So, so you mean fire. fire. What yeah. creature so Wait, wait, wait. You, you mean you, mean you have a burning head. sensation? <laughs> <laughs> He's got the clap already. How did he get that? He's got everything. He's Max 3000. We gave him everything. We gave him that seed. Well, hold on. Did, did, did he have that before or after Heidi? Did he not piss acid after Heidi? He did after Maybe it. Heidi. Yeah, after it. Maybe Heidi yeah, gave him that shit, man. Yeah, that's, that's why he's so angry. But of course, he, he reiterates. He reiterates that Max is psychotic and they have to find him. So he's like, the police leave, and then we see Max uh, walking around with Rudy and Rudy's friend. See a cat that Rudy hates, so he tells Max to go chase him. And of course, Max does what he does and climbs a tree, just like, you know, like one of the animals he was injected with, and then climbs just the open mouth fucking eats the cat. Fucking nails in the moment and climbs <laughs> the fucking tree. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, that nice uh, fucking technology of that 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 dude, puppet cat and that puppet cat. dog. I love this it. Was, love it. Uh, this was. Go ahead. This was. Oh, okay. Thanks. This this was an awesome moment where I was talking about with the crowd that I was hanging out with. Okay, I was the minority again. <laughs> the majority of the, the majority of the people there were African American, and as you know, they do not fucking like cats. All right, they fucking mm. cannot. They they love big cats. You know. Uh, but house cats, they can't fucking stand. All right, so when it fucking came to sick them, the crowd went fucking wild. All right, they were going fucking <laughs> wild, you know. Yeah, get that fucking cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but then once he got to where he actually got the cat, it fucking started swallowing it like a fucking boa <laughs> constrictor. Also, the crowd was like, oh, shit. Oh, fucking shit. Oh, that fucking dog just fucking ate that fucking cat. Oh, shit. He's I'm, I'm fucking... I'm, yeah, I'm fucking rolling in the fucking theater. Like, oh, my God, this is so fucking awesome. <laughs> what a great it was just, it reaction. Was it was just so <laughs> hilarious and just so silly. And that's one of the moments I love in this movie. It's so silly and so dumb. Um, but you just go so along with it. It's obviously a puppet, too. <laughs> but we also one find of those standout moments in the film as well, though. Like, I remember pictures mm-hmm. of that scene in Fangoria magazine. Yeah. Yep. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that, like, yeah, with this movie, it is definitely the, for me, this is the shot. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. And like I, I just mentioned, aside from all the powers that Max has from all the animals, he also knows how to cut brake lines. I would love to see that scene. Where he's just trying to grab a pair of pliers with his paws and just trying to unleash that fucking brick line. But unfortunately, it's Perry's car that gets it. Well, he chews uh, through it. Yeah, but, he chews uh, no, through I'd rather see. I'd rather see him with pliers, just trying to put them in between his paws and trying to cut the thing. Like, that would have been adorable. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, so you want to see him with a spanner. You want to see him with a spanner and just a little wrench. <laughs> just going in there. Yep. <laughs> And he's got some goggles on, and he's got, he's got a jumpsuit on. <laughs> yep. You know, he's got a little jumpsuit. He's got a little hat. It says Max on the shirt. I guess that was fine. I would have dug that. Michael but Myers? no, we didn't get that. <laughs> he should be. Because that's how they treat him in this movie. 
But Michael Myers doesn't get horny. See, that's the thing. Like, Michael Myers, he's a voyeur. He likes to watch. Max likes to get shit done and include uh, K-9 Rachel. Michael's been trying to in fuck this movie where he breaks into her house. Uh, no, he's not trying to fuck her. He's trying to kill her because she's a representation of sex, something that he can't have, and that's why he wants to kill. Dr. Loomis explained all that. But anyway, um, yeah, Max decides to break into a house and get up to Heidi's and uh, rape her. And it's just like Dude, a weird okay. fucking scene because they put it to the fucking cute song, you know, Puppy Love, and then she's like, oh, please don't come up into the bedroom. And then you hear that fucking howl. Like, he just killed her with his dick. He red-rocketed her to death. That dog is not alive anymore. I took it as hers. No, that's not what he's coming. He's I coming. Took, no. His, his no, he's taking that red rocket. No, no, I, no <laughs> yeah. dude, I, I took it like that was hers, just like um, yep. the Blazing Saddle. All right, that's how I mm-hmm. took it, was, you know, she, she couldn't handle that dick. It's, you know, because he came in, and he k- kicks the door shut behind him. You know, and then he goes up onto the dad's bed. So, so yeah, who knows what kind of fucking <laughs> shit is going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah and I took back, that as that was, go back. Yeah, <laughs> and I took that as definitely her howl, not his. Yeah. Just, I, I felt mean, the same way. But, yeah, I just that's the way I took it as well. But, yeah, afterwards we see him walking up to a fire hydrant and pissing, because after you have sex, you piss. But he has acid yep. for piss, so it just burns up a fire hydrant, and he just kind of casually walks away. Um, the body of his mother <laughs> was found that Max attacked, and, of course, now we have Jared kind of going into that crazed Loomis mode where he's like, we got to find him. Everybody needs to be on this. And they're like, yeah, dude, we're working on it. He's like, not hard enough. He's like, I got I to gotta fucking <laughs> do this now. I'm going to fucking take care. I'm going to find out who took him. I'm going to go to the station. I'm going to do all this shit, and he's going to you know, figure out how to get Max back. So he's in that mode now. Um, he, has, he ends up getting a lead because they find a videotape of polyester at the lab. So, of course, now he knows, like I had said, to go to the, the station and try to talk to Lori, figure out where she put Max. Meanwhile, Max is just kind of hanging out, sees a mailman who carries enough mace to, to put down a dog. But this doesn't put down Max because he's super strong, and he proceeds to slow motion kill the mailman, which I, just, <laughs> I, I was laughing at this point because it's just like, like, you know, the slow motion fucking shit just killed me. I could, I was just kids up laughing at it. Finally, when he gets that angle, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, but but also it's like, don't don't, don't fucking go slow motion when it's obviously a puppet on someone's neck. Don't go slow motion in those yeah, moments. Clearly, <laughs> it does not work. <laughs> no, but you know, Max becomes the serial killer that he is. Decides that he has to bury that body underneath the house. I was like, that is fucking smart. Good job, Max. You know to get rid of the evidence. I'm like the I'm like a mother <laughs> put you up in the trash. You should have put I him thought else, something but... in that moment that mm-hmm. was really funny was when he What's started that? trying to work faster to bury the body when he heard Perry come in the door. <laughs> you know, like oh shit, <laughs> yeah. like I better hurry up here. Like I just, I was dying mm-hmm. in that moment. Oh, and and what killed me too is when Perry comes home, he decides that he got some raw meat and he's going to put some rat poison in the meat so he can kill Max once and for all. But I love that he takes a moment to read the back of the box. Like, yeah. why do you care? Like, you know, you don't need to measure anything. <laughs> Just fucking put the yeah. poison in it. <laughs> but he's like, oh, look, look at this. Okay, well, if I get two more box tops, I can win a prize. Maybe there's some more dogs in the neighborhood. <laughs> oh, okay, with a decoder ring. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
so he brings out the plate of meat laced with poison, but of course, Max isn't stupid. He takes one sniff of that and immediately starts attacking Perry, who drives away real quick. And uh-oh, Lori's coming home, better ditch the evidence. So Max flushes the meat down the toilet. I was like, come on, dude. Like, how are you not laughing at this? Like, he's a dog yeah. literally just buried a man-man and then took that poison yeah. and put it right there. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, Lori's going to be like, oh, my God, this meat's painted. Yeah. Are you okay, Max? Yeah, I- and and again, you know, bad puppet hand on the to- toilet handle, but is, but then as she comes home, she doesn't see the giant box of rat poison sitting on the countertop. <laughs> nope, no, no, she's not that aware. Yeah, she she has too much stuff. She has to take Max to the junkyard because she's going to give it to a guy named Ray who owns the junkyard. the junkyard, played by William Sanderson. Who, if you've ever watched uh, True Blood, you'll know him as the old sheriff that was on that show. Um, he was in Blade Runner. I haven't seen that, but I saw that one of the credits. Yes, uh, and he was Blade also Runner, in and he plays a character named Max yeah. in Blade Runner. Well, there you go. <laughs> and he was also in this really fucking sleazy '70s exploitation movie called Fight for Your Life. Like, if you really want to fucking see what they were doing in the '70s and getting dirty with it, Fight for Your Life is probably one of the the best up there because it's almost as bad as as Last House on the Left, but just fucking extra dirty. So, and he plays the main villain in that movie. He's a, a, a clansman who got out of jail and decides to attack a house. Uh, and it definitely takes a turn for the worst once he arrives. So, But in this movie, he's playing Ray, and he decides to take the dog from Lori. As she leaves, he immediately decides to chain up Max and not give a fuck about him. But when Max starts to fight back a little bit, he grabs his blowtorch and he starts to threaten Max with it. And getting to the point where Max attacks him, he's using the flamethrower against Max, burning his face. But Max gets the upper hand and rips off his dick. Good for you, man. Yeah. Clamp it down on that fucking dick and balls. Like, you know, that's awesome. You know? It's so great again, to see that. Is, I just see that stream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. But this is, this is, again, what the, the ghoul was talking about earlier, about, like, are we supposed to be rooting for Max? You know, is he the victim? Is he the bad guy? Right. You know, they, they can't right. seem to make up their mind. They keep going back and forth because, you know, Max, he, you know, like they've said, you know, he as going – past the breaking point, you know, chemically, you know, where he's going to be an all-out killer. So they have to catch him. But at the same time, it's like, all right, he's getting treated like fucking shit. But at the same time, right. he's still a fucking mad-ass killer. It's like they can't make up their fucking mind. But, well, he didn't ask to be made into this genetically created creature either. Like, he was just a dog that got forced into this by Dr. Jarrett. So, you know, I mean, obviously he's killing people, and that's not good. But at the same time, you know, I don't really see him as the villain because he didn't ask to be treated this way. Like, he would have been fine if he could just hang out and be a dog, but unfortunately he was made into this ultimate predator that, that you know, Dr. Jarrett is trying to get back. Thing, you know? Even Allie, she hates him, and then she's like, yeah, well, I'm going to bring you back if my fucking boyfriend fucking <laughs> yeah. hates you and, and yeah, you're problematic. Sorry, you know, it's, I, I like, did uh, want to point out uh, look, I, I get complete. Look, I'm, I'm a dog person and I, I love my dog with my entire being, um, my sweet Charlie. But uh, I Charlie understand dog. how fast I understand how fast uh, you can like get into a dog. But I do feel that uh, Ali Sheedy's character's like extreme love and devotion to this dog after just like a few minutes. Granted, like the dog saved her and yeah. got her bag and everything. Like, I did feel mm-hmm. that her like attachment and devotion was like like you would have thought that this was her dog of ten years that was kidnapped and had all this stuff done right. to it and then she got it back not a dog that she met seven minutes prior. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, totally. 
you know, but obviously uh, Max and Lori formed that bond that Max still wants, even though Lori's kind of like, yeah, sorry, my boyfriend's not about you anymore, so you got to go. And then meanwhile, Dr. Jarrett, he's running around town getting access to the studio by firing a sedative dart into a guard, getting into the studio and reaching (laughs) Annie and asking her where Lori is. Lori's like, I don't know, man. I don't know, man. He's got to talk to Lori. So, yeah, so – so we have Jared trying to get the information, trying to make his way over to where Lori lives because, obviously, he was given the address. We also have Max making his way home to Lori, and we see that Perry has given Lori a gift in the form of a cute puppy he calls Spike. Spike likes to rip out plugs. This is going to be important later. So that's why they have to point Spike it out. Is, oh, by the way, he likes Spike to, he likes to push in and pull up plugs. So <laughs> Max arrives home, and, of course, he's not very happy, the fact that he's been replaced by this little twerp of a dog. So what is he going to do? He's going to make his way upstairs. And while Perry is picking out the perfect blazer for nighttime activities, he attacks Perry, knocks him into the closet, knocks him unconscious, and starts dragging his body out. Downstairs, Lori is with Rudy and Spike, and they start to hear the commotion, and that's when they see Max at the top of the stairs. I'm going to piss on his face. Oh, the fact that he just pisses all over his face. You're right. I forgot to mention that, but, yes, he does. He's he's, he's asserting dominance. I mean, that, 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 that point. And you never see him again, so I was like, he's dead. Even though he's probably not. But at the same time, I was like, he sucked anyway. Like, he was such a wet towel you know, about everything. But, uh, so after he does this and he appears at the top of the stairs, when Lori and Rudy are like, oh, shit, he's here, Rudy tries to defend him with a baseball bat. Of course, that's not going to do anything to Max. But I love the fact that when you hear the police sirens, Jared is pulling up at the same time. He's like, God damn it drives away because he realizes he can't do anything. <laughs> and then Max looks out the window and he's like, oh, shit, the cops. <laughs> and he busts open the door the and starts the fuzz is here. running down the street. Oh, it was so great. He starts running down the street. God damn it, they got me. And Kovitz is like, holy shit, that's the dog. We got to get it. So they start chasing after the dog. And during this chase, we have this great fucking special 90s sequence where the dog jumps over the police cars. Oh, it's so terrible. But at the same time, I was like, I'm into it. Oh, it's like the 90s. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I mean? God. Oh, my God. The, 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 yeah, the film layering of this thing, it was like, you know, worse <laughs> yeah. than fucking E.T. Worse than fucking E.T. Like, they should have just called Spielberg and be like, okay, how do you do it with your cop cars? Because we got a movie we got to do, and we don't want it to look like total shit. And then Spielberg was like, fuck you. Because, they, the, the, like, Max, like, turns semi-see-through during this scene because they didn't know how to fucking layer their film for this fucking shot. But, it's just, at, you know, but at you the know, same time, I give them work. a little bit of credit. Because, yeah, it worked, and plus... They had a budget of like six million dollars to kind of make everything work. Okay, so you go to 1996 and you talk about Independence Day and that really fucking obnoxious, stupid shot of the dog trying to jump from the fire and the bridge, where it's like oh, clearly it's this is not very well layered in the tunnel, <laughs> right? In the fucking tunnel, and they had, <laughs> they had a huge fucking budget compared to fucking Ned's best friend, and that's the best that they could come up with. But granted, you know what? They did use the majority of that budget to blow up major landmarks in spectacular mm-hmm. fashion. So I can't really fault oh, yeah. Independence Day. Whereas this movie's main fucking entire, the entirety of this film is about this damn dog. So you know what? Maybe making the jumping sequence somewhat believable might have been like, you know, somewhere to go. You know, uh, maybe spend a couple dollars on there. Yeah. I mean, but, they, they yeah. tried their best. I mean, they, yeah. <laughs> 
But also, it's like they sit there, and, you know, during this thing. They spent a good fucking solid 10 to 15 minutes of fucking straight-up old-school Blues Brothers cop car chase shit. I was oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I, totally for, I totally forgot about the car chase shit. I was like, all right. Good oh, for you go guys. You actually sit there. You got some fucking, <laughs> yeah, you got some fucking drivers. They're actually pulling some mm-hmm. good car stunts here, you know, in the fucking suburbs. All right, all right good mm-hmm. for you. Is it really validated, though? I wouldn't know about that. <laughs> but still. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, because Kevin Yeager, who did the effects on the movie, and he's the one that created all the dog heads and all the fake effects and all the puppetry, like he had it in mind that he wanted to make a Terminator-style dog ending where Max's fur is completely torn off, and he's just a skeletal-looking fucking beast with metal and all these different pieces inside of him. And they're like, dude, do you realize that we only have like $6 million? And he's like, ah, oh, shit, yeah. Uh, well, all right. See, that would have been fucking cool. <laughs> that would be cool as shit if they went that way, man. But they don't have the budget, so they they, they went with the, the the burn on the face, and it's still cool, uh, especially when when Ray puts the the flamethrower inside his mouth. I was like, okay, it's kind of cool. Um, Which actually makes the, sense the, when I when I think of some of the pictures I've seen, uh, <laughs> some of the art in mm-hmm. this movie, and there is like I remember seeing pictures where it looks like half the dog's face is like robotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, and the poster always looked cool too because it did look like Terminator with the red eye, um, but we never did get that. Um, so that night after Perry's taken away to the hospital, Bendetti and Kovacs decide to watch over the house. Rory wants to leave and go see Perry and hang out with him. And Kovacs is like, "You're not going anywhere because if that dog shows up, he's going to want to come for you when you're the one that knows how to control it." But the dog does return, and Max takes care of Kovacs and Bendetti. And of course, it's all done in the dark where you can hardly suck and see anything. So I was like, ah, yep. you know, it's one of those things where it's just like, they don't have the money. So we'll just, we'll, we'll kill him and we'll kill Kovacs underneath the house in the shadows once he finds the mailman. And then uh, off screen, Ben Deddy's going to get killed and they're going to find the body. Um, but Jarrett arrives just as he discovers Ben Deddy takes Lori and Spike, who she's holding, back to the lab. Because he knows that Max is going to chase her no matter where she goes and he's going to end <laughs> Max once and for all. So. So they have another chase sequence with Max chasing after the car, but he's faster than this car. Gets under the hood, which causes it to crash. Like T2. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So with that being said, we have the scene of Lori managing to get out of the wreck. We see that Spike is fine, so it's like, okay, everybody take a breath. The little fucking runt dog is fine. It's just kind of hanging out. And then we have Max bursting out of the rubble. You know, like some kind of shark from Jaws. Which, <laughs> that was the idea of this movie. Uh, John Laffey wanted to call it Jaws with Paws. And they're like, no, I'll call it Man's Best Friend. So like, Jaws with Paws? <laughs> which, that. which explains some of the shots that, that you see him make with the, uh, the dog point of view. Very similar to the, to mm-hmm. the shark that, that you've seen in the Jaws films. Oh, yeah. oh completely. Um, so... With that being said, she makes her way back to the lab. She has no way to escape Max. He's going to keep chasing her, so she's just going to go back to the lab while Jarrett kind of wakes up, and he's like, he's going to kill you, but I have no way to defend you. Just run to the lab, and we'll figure it out, okay? So when she gets there, go she there. offers up with a knife. <laughs> and of run course, to a place where there's have... no real secure doors. <laughs> like, no secure doors, no security, like, nothing really, nobody there. Like, did they close at five? Like, is this laboratory like, oh, it's five. All right, everybody's gone. You know, we don't need to experiment anymore. I was like, I don't know. I, 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 when I did security back in the day, I worked for a laboratory that was open 24 hours. And I had to work the third shift a lot. And uh, so, like, yeah, they don't close. The people stay there <laughs> and work late shifts. But not this lab. 
Just like the hospital last week in Scream and the hospital on Halloween, too. Yep, there's not a lot of people here. So we're just going to have to deal with this darkened lab <laughs> that uh, Lori finds and, and walks into. And when she reaches the, the animal testing place of the lab. The lab has an, like an employee count of two. You know, it seems to be Jared <laughs> and an assistant. Yeah. You know, the assistant got killed in the beginning, and then he had another assistant. Yeah, he had the woman. The woman that, uh, yeah, found the tape for, for Jared. Yeah, so, yeah, three people. Not bad. You know, because we, we also find out that this is kind of Jared going rogue because he was doing things that the government are like, you can't do this, and we're going to shut you down. He's like, ha-ha, fuck you. I'm going to do whatever I want. And he went rogue <laughs> and decided to open up his lab and, and become Dr. Frankenstein and just operate on animals. You know, for what reason? Only he knows. But we get that quick kind of explanation. Well, yeah, lives, I mean, I they're the important ones. But lives are being taken, <laughs> Dr. Jarrett. Can't you see it, you fucking man-man? You know, because people are dying because of Max being out. But uh, like I said, Lori arms herself with a knife, and she's prepared to defend herself any way she can as Max comes into the room. But at the last second, she decides to put the knife down and see if Max will return to his sweet state, which he does, briefly. And he manages to walk over to her, licks her hand, and she's being sweet. And then here comes Jarrett running in like Leroy Jenkins with his fucking shotgun. Leroy Jenkins. He's just running with this fucking gun. <laughs> and he's just running in with this fucking gun, and Max is like, holy shit, I'm going to get killed, so I'm just going to have to defend uh, Lori and hopefully not die in the process. So he jumps at Jarrett, and Jarrett blows a hole through Max's chest drops him to the ground. Jarrett doesn't realize how a shotgun has a recoil, so he's knocked down onto an electric cage. How do I know it's electric? Because Spike shows up and he's like, I'm going to do my cute dog thing and plug this fucking thing back in. For some reason, it's only halfway unplugged. Yeah, of course. It's only a little unplugged. And we have, we have Jarrett oh. on that, that super fucking cool death where it's like 90 defects of lightning and him just going, ugh, and then just dying. <laughs> like, okay, that's it? Yeah, Les Harris is like, this is all you pay me for. This is all you get. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck I'm not going to give you full death. Yeah. Like, I think the dog is going to be paid more than I am in this movie. So, no, I'm not giving you full death. I'm only giving you half death. So, he, he eventually dies, and we see Lori making her way back over to Max, who's slowly dying. And she comforts him as he passes away. And then we cut to three months later where Lori is with Rudy and they're running over to Rudy's house because Heidi, the collie, is giving birth to a litter of puppies, including puppy just love. one, just <laughs> one that looks like the Tibetan Mastiff that Max was. So not like there's two or three, not just one. And they close out with that uh, shot of the dog kind of just looking sadly at the camera um, as we close like the credits. But, yeah, now, all the puppies in Lady of the Tramp look like Lady, except for one, which looks like the Tramp. <laughs> no, I never saw that movie. There's always that one in every litter. Of course, he didn't see it. It's a, it's, a, it's a Disney cartoon. Hell no, the no. So how would I know? <laughs> is that the one with the the? Uh, is that the one where they? No, I'm thinking of 101 Dalmatians. I don't. What's Lady of <laughs> the Tramp? Is that the? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's lady. What about the lady and the tramp? <laughs> is it about two dogs that just bone? Is that what it is? Pretty yeah, much. Two dogs and get it off. Two dogs, one cup. Oh. Oh, see, I see that. 
That'd be kind of fun. Disney released that movie yeah. from the vault. Yeah, and then you know, yeah, you know, the whole thing, you know, when the moon hits you, like a big pizza pie, that's the more. While they sit there and do the spaghetti scene. <laughs> what do they do with the spaghetti? It sounds kind of ominous. Well, you gotta watch it to find out. Oh, I don't want to see that. I mean, it, it took me long enough to see The Lion King. I don't want to have to go back and watch The Lady in the Tramp. There's about two dogs that just fucking look at each other for an hour and a half and eat spaghetti. And they're not singing That's Amore. It's Ella Nante. It's a totally different song. Oh, man, Monkey, you just got fucking schooled, dude. I saw this thing, That's Amore. No, but they're not singing that. that. you got to be correct. You're thinking about that movie with that red-headed kid who turns into a frog or some shit. Arlo. What the fuck are you watching? What the fuck is Arlo? Huh? <laughs> something, something else entirely. <laughs> Never mind. It's another, another, another Disney property. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what the fuck is Arlo? <laughs> and he it, turns into a act- fucking frog and he's getting red hair. Funny, funny enough, <laughs> it actually has a connection to the Nightmare on Elm Street series because it's got the girl that... Uh, that Freddie sticks her head into the fucking television set. She's actually in that movie, too. As the love interest. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she did do something other than Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Cool. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, um, he, he did welcome, welcome her to primetime. <laughs> but, yeah, with, with Man's Best Friend, like, there were no plans for a sequel. So it's not like they showed the ending of The Little Puppy and John Lafayette is like, we're going to make a sequel. Like, he had no interest in doing it. He did the whole thing in the first place for New Line because they offered him to do different projects. And he's just like, I don't want to do Chucky again because he wrote Chucky with Don Mancini and helped him with the project. He's the one that came up with the name for Chucky. And also, you know, hi, I'm Chucky. You want to play? That's all John Lafayette. So if it wasn't for John Lafayette, you probably wouldn't have that line in the movie. Um, he wanted to do different things. They offered him Man's Best Friend. with the name of Chucky? It rhymes yeah. with Buddy? Yeah, they were looking for names. Like a and he pop, just said popular. Chucky? I mean, what, it's not rocket science. It's fucking 80. So they were probably heavily into cocaine at the time. And he's just like, what if we can call the Chucky? And they're like, yeah. All right. Chucky drives his buddy. He, he, he is credited as doing that. And he did a lot of different uh, full motion video, video games back in the 90s after Man's Best Friend. So he's credited for a lot of those, uh, including Zombie Killer he worked on. So I think uh, the, the monkey knows about that one. Uh, but he died uh, last year. He took his own life. So, fortunately, you know, he decided to, to end things. And uh, kind of sad, but he has a great filmography. He worked on Child's Play 2. He worked on Man's Best Friend. He worked on 10.5 Apocalypse, which was a TV show back in the day, which is kind of fun. Uh, but, yeah, this is a contribution. Again, like I always say, sometimes you just need a silly movie to kind of watch. You know, especially if you watch as many movies as I do, you kind of want to have that break in between where you're like, you know what? It's going to put on a fun one. One that I could just sit back and just not care about the characters, not care about the plot. You know, it's fun sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. You know, you could have some, some good in there. Uh, so non, non, said, non-elevated. Non-elevated is what this yes, is. Yes. Non-elevated. Definitely horror. non-elevated. <laughs> no. You, you need to just not have non-elevated horror movies. And, and like we covered last week in Scream, that was the whole big thing with elevated horror and Again, I still think that's a stupid term. It's, it's a horror movie with a lot of fucking talking in it and not a lot happening. You know, I'm, we're horror fans. We want to see the good stuff. We want to see the blood. We want to see the pitch. We want to see the violence. 
I don't need to sit through 45 minutes of just, uh, we're going to talk, and then we'll show an off-screen kill, and then we're going to go right back to the talking. Uh, by the way, you have two and a half hours left. Ah, shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, some people do it well. I mean, I, I give Robert Eggers a lot of credit because Robert Eggers, who did uh, The Witch and The Lighthouse, um, those are considered elevated horror movies, and I happen to really like them. Different, you know, I think they're <clears throat> different, ty- yeah. different type of story. You know, it, it, it is it, it, an entirely different craft at that point. You know, but no, elevated. There shouldn't be elevated slasher films. No, yeah. no, please keep that out of my slasher movies. That's not the peanut butter I want in my chocolate, and vice versa. You know, I don't, I don't mean talky, talky slasher movies. Same with you know zombie movies and all that stuff, and vampire movies. I know. You're here to drink blood and kill people. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see a half hour of you lamenting about being a vampire. Sucks. We're not here for that. Maybe titties every now and again, you know? That'd be nice. You know, throw in a couple shots of titties every now and then. Break up the monotony of the talking. I wouldn't mind that. It's like, hey, buddy, we know you're watching this movie. Thank you for hanging in there. You've been here for about an hour and a half. Here's some titties. Whoa. All right. Okay. It doesn't have to just be titties. We we can also – and listen, I'm totally PC. You know, we got to see some yep. dick, too. We got some... to see some dick. Dick, Manchester, I wouldn't yeah. mind and, yeah. and vagina, butts, whatever. And, and that's well, one yeah. of the things, man. It's like when it comes to horror movies and R-rated movies, you're like, I, I personally think there is not enough man meat hanging around in, in, no. you know, on screen for the ladies to enjoy. And it's like, no. you know, because we, yeah. we get the action that we like. It's like put something out there for the ladies so that we can actually get some shit while we're watching our horror movies with our ladies. Give us some mammy. Put it out there, you know. <laughs> Show the bacon so that we can stare and get some pussy. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that shit. Well, I mean, for me, it's not even about getting laid. It's just about being fair. Like, all these movies just well, do nothing but show it. Bush well, and, and Tits. to see that dick. He, I mean, and that's fine. I mean, because I could agree with that. But I just wouldn't mind an elevated horror movie where it's like he sees a beautiful girl and she's showing her body. And then the dude just standing there in front of a mirror with his dick out going, magnificent, isn't it? And she's like, ah, yes. That's why you're a vampire. That's why I want you to turn me. Because you got that tripod. And he's like, that's right. See? Yeah, Seems like that should have been in American Psycho. Jason Bateman's oh, in there showing off his shit, you know. Yeah, you know, while he's fucking hat, like sitting and shit like that. Patrick Bateman. Absolutely. Not Jason Bateman. Yeah, Patrick Bateman. Sorry, yeah. Th- thank you. I mean, they, they, they do show him naked, but they don't show full frontal. Like, it's not like Craig yeah. Watson in Ghost Story, where he's falling out of a fucking building while his dick is just whipping around like a helicopter. <laughs> he was one of that. Nothing is, like that. That yeah. no. <laughs> Nothing is like that. No. Nothing is like that. more of it. Like, just having it slam that ham up against the glass as you fall through. Like, I'm for it. I, I dug it. Like, it was fun to kind of get another side of it. So, all right. So, as we wind up this episode after talking about man's best friend, the pick goes to me. And you know what? The monkey is the one that always picks horror adjacent movies. So, I'm going to go that way because he fucking never saw this movie. And I think, ah, you need to. So we're going to talk next week about Darkman from 1990, directed oh, by Sam Raimi. Okay. So, yes, <laughs> we're going to talk about it because Sam Raimi's back in the news with Doctor Strange, and we got an Evil Dead Rise coming out. So, yeah, I want to talk about a movie that I really do like that he did that's not Evil Dead, which is Darkman, which is available on Shudder, guys. So if you got your Shudder account, you'll find it there. They have the other movies, too, part two and three, but I just want to focus on the first one. With good old Liam Neeson, Francis McDormand, and Larry Drake. Dr. Giggles himself. So, so we'll die, Dr. Giggles, die. Is, that, is that the third one? Yeah, that was the third one. 
Yeah, that's the third one. Died, Darkman died. Uh, part two was the return of uh, Durant. <laughs> so we're going to talk about it. So, yeah, Monkey, get ready. You're finally going to get to watch a movie that you just have never seen. I think we need to change that. Yes, first time viewing. I'm very excited, man. Nice pick. Cool. Thank you. We'll see if you feel that way next week. <laughs> yeah, Dollman. Right? Doll, Dollman, the, the little guy. Dollman's good. I'll, yeah, I'll watch Dollman. Doll yeah. I'll make it a double feature. Doll I've Man seen Dollman. I have yeah, seen Dollman. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I have seen. It's a good full moon movie. I'll watch it. It's a weird one, but a fun one. But anyway, so yeah, so stay tuned next week for my pick of the week Dark Man from 1990, directed by Sam Raimi. Thank you so much, uh, Dean, for joining us tonight. We'll see you back here next week. Uh, there we have it, the man's best friend. And next week we will be talking about Dr. Darkman. Yep. Exactly. Dr. Darkman. First name Dark, last name Man. The first one, all right, for our horror movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. That's it has right. horror, action, wonderful and thriller. Wonderful news. Hey, listen, <laughs> we can talk about anything we want in this fucking show when it's your pick. I don't care if you fucking pick the notebook. We'll talk about it. doesn't matter. Careful, careful <laughs> what you – just, just remember who's participating here, King. Be very careful what you say. I have openly said you guys could pick Disney movies if you wanted to, so I am not opposed to anything when it's your turn to pick because I know I pick uh, some weird right. ones too. So. All <laughs> I right. So if you want yeah. to watch – I have I have things to do Ghibli film, so you have to dig into my archives. There you go. I'm I'm not afraid of anything. I, if you put it on the show, I will watch it. I've always said that. I might not like it, but I will watch it for the show because that's what we do. We're professionals, and we watch these movies and we talk about them. So feel free to pick whatever you want. I've told you guys this many times. One hundred percent of the time. <laughs> the black cauldron. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. Uh, Dude. Uh, Gergi. I don't know what that is, but okay. I'm here to announce that my next, my next three picks are all the Never Ending Story. Oh, God. There was more than one? Oh, God, yes. No, we're going we're gonna to cover the first one every time. Jack Black was in part three. So there was only one? There was three episodes There was actually three. Why were there so many? No, we're but we're not covering enough. three. We're covering the first film three times. <laughs> oh, well, okay. I, listen, you make it your pick. Well, I'm sad that's coming your way. <laughs> yep, and I will, I will just uh, tell you exactly how I feel about uh, that movie. Because I told the monkey about it when we left. I, mean, I didn't oh, know whether to cry or be mad. Yep. I love yeah, you. It just, yeah. I was surrounded by people Dude. that were crying and hugging each other and going, this is great. And what I'm just going, why about? the fuck is this so long? Like you I and know. Diva and, and, and Sean were like, oh, God, this movie. And I'm like, what the fuck are you guys watching? We're watching the same I, movie. <laughs> I I was not hugging and crying and shit like that. I fucking loved the movie because I loved the movie. But Swamp of Sadness, I was like, why the fuck is anyone getting upset about this? No one fucking met that fucking horse. We, you didn't fucking know Ortex. It was just a fucking horse. Artex. You just fucking met. Artex, not yeah. Ortex. Okay. Or tax. But, but, okay. 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 But, but either our way, tax, our tax, our tax, actually. Yeah. You our, just fucking met him. Why yeah. are you getting upset that he just fucking died in the Swamp of Madness? Doesn't make any fucking sense. This kid is a fucking Swamp Falco with a fucking luck dragon. <laughs> I mean, I was more upset that the dad just kind of never cared. And he's like, oh, didn't I have a son earlier? Oh, well. <laughs> Off the drink from the second. Let me. We'll see this is why you have Take to a... see the second movie. 
because the second movie oh, continues God, no. that storyline. Yes, yes, yes. yes what he is. He's going to absentee father? Yeah, that's when oh. we go into the diving team. Oh, yes. Oh, you know what? The the never-ending story, too, might just turn up at some point. It just might have to happen. (laughs) I told you already. Listen, whatever you pick is fine. Like I said, I always try to put some horror elements into my movies, and you'll see Dark Man does have some of those, even though it's more of an action movie. But it doesn't matter. Oh, the never-ending story has some. The never-ending story, too, Uh, has some horror elements because it's horrible. Yeah, the runtime. The runtime is fucking pretty horrific about that movie. But, uh, yeah, pick whatever you want. Studio Ghibli, whatever the fuck that studio is. Pick those movies. You know, pick yeah, some Jonathan Disney Brandon. Pick some, uh, please uh, please, the, please uh, note that the Mad Monkey is not making any horror Jason picks this year at all. All right. Oh, I, I, I think we've been great about it so far. We have not made one until now. I think the king has made the first horror Jason pick of the year. Oh, I guarantee you if you look back at the last couple picks with the, the monkey, we picked horror Jason. I can't look it up right now because we're closing now, but I guarantee not, you not there's this one year. in the bank. I don't, I don't yes. think so. Yes, That's what I'm saying. So this, this, no, no, this year I have He's not seen any horror Jason movie. <laughs> yeah, and I'm going to look back at them, and I'm going to be like, oh, there it is. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah. No. Nope. I don't Straight, care. I mean, nope. It's, it's what, Straight up horror. This is, what this, <laughs> this is what this show is all about. He exposed me <laughs> to <laughs> many horrors of Nightmare. Figuring like old women. Story. That's what this show is about. Yeah, yeah. Well, because he exposed me to the never-ending story, so I'm whipping out my dick and exposing him to fucking Duckman. That's what it's all about. Hey, it's you cool. I'm exposing anybody unless they want to be exposed. Uh, anyway, as we run out of time here, folks, uh, okay. Monkey, thank you so much for coming back yeah. and joining us, and stay tuned for Duckman next week. Yes, thanks Bring for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Care. I am your... Uh, <laughs> I'm the Mad Monkey, co-host of Talking Care, <laughs> and saying... Help control the pet population and have your pets paid or neutered. Good night, everybody. Mwah! Thanks, Bob. I'll spin the wheel now. <laughs> come on, come on, come on. Get that tower. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, and go ahead and close yourself out, uh, Ghoul. Close yourself and stay scared. Stay scared, everybody. Whip All it out. All right, and as. And as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan, hail yourselves, hail Odorous, keep America strong, watch horror movies, and we'll see you back here next week for Dark Man. Is it true that you're uncertain?